Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we are studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Acts. Today is episode 204. We're looking at Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through 28. Let's read our passage. Fellow Israelites, listen to these words. This Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did among you through him, just as you yourselves know. Though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. God raised him up, ending the pains of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by death. For David says of him, I saw the Lord ever before me, because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. Moreover, my flesh will rest in hope, because you will not abandon me in Hades or allow your Holy One to see decay. You have revealed the paths of life to me. You will fill me with gladness in your presence. Well, this is the day of Pentecost, and this is Peter's speech. The Holy Spirit descended on the disciples as they were in the upper room, waiting as Jesus had told them to. And the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they began to speak in different languages. They went out into the street. Apparently, they went to the temple area, just based on the size of the crowd. It would make the most sense. And they were proclaiming the wonders of God and in everyone's language, because there were people from all over uh, there for the festival, for the festival of Pentecost. And they're hearing the wonders of God in their individual native languages. And it's quite amazing. And so Peter has gotten their attention. And now Peter is giving the explanation of what is going on. So he began with a a quote from Joel of these are the end days. Then in verse 22, he says, fellow Israelites, listen to these words. This Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did among you through him, just as you yourselves know. So he's beginning with this declaration of uh, who Jesus is. Now this follows a pattern that uh, they they call the kerygma, and it's a Greek word that means proclaim as a herald. And so the proclamation of the gospel had this... uh, well, was given the title, the kerygma, that is, the the explanation of Jesus. And the way it generally happened there for the first period of time in the uh, ancient church was there were four parts to it. An announcement that the age of fulfillment had arrived. And Peter's already done that with the quotation from Joel of this is the age of fulfillment. Then an account of the ministry, death, and triumph of Jesus. That's what he's doing now. Then there's some citations of Old Testament scriptures which point to Jesus. He'll do that starting in verse 25. And then a call to repentance. So Peter's using that basic format, and that becomes the model then for how the Christians of the first century would proclaim the gospel. And so he begins with this Jesus of Nazareth. Miracles, wonders, and signs. He did those things by the power of God. And he did them among you. And he says, just as you yourselves know, this crowd here, those that are native to Jerusalem or had been in Jerusalem for the Passover, they 
heard about Jesus. They saw the things. They they know the things. So he says, as you yourselves know, it was only seven weeks ago that Jesus was crucified and rose from the dead. So it's not some antique story from far, far away. This is something that a good many of them were had firsthand knowledge of. I think verse 23 says, though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge. So he's saying God's in charge and all this was according to God's plan. You used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. Notice he accuses them, the the crowd. He says, you used lawless people to kill him. Now lawless people, he's referring to the Romans. The Romans are outside of the Jewish law. So He's, they are without the law. And that's who actually killed Jesus, was the Romans. But it was done at the urging of the Jewish leaders. So everyone had a hand in this. So he was killed. But then verse 24, God raised him up, ending the pains of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by death. So even though Jesus was killed by lawless people at the urging of the Jewish leaders. God reversed that. He reversed the actions of the Sanhedrin and the Romans and raised Jesus from the dead. This format is used about six times in the book of Acts that you see this uh, format of uh, Jesus of Nazareth, whom you killed, but God raised. And here Peter uses that. Jesus of Nazareth. You guys killed him, but God raised him from the dead. He didn't stay dead. It was not possible for him to be held by death. From our perspective, he conquered death. And now Peter gets into some Old Testament citations. He says in verse 25, For David says of him, and he quotes Psalm 16, specifically Psalm 16, verses 8 through 11. And like we saw before, if you look up Psalm 16 in your Bible, it's going to be worded a little bit differently. And that's because Peter quotes from the Septuagint, and that is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, translated 2 or 300 B.C. And, and he quotes pretty pretty closely to the uh, the wording in the Septuagint. I saw the Lord ever before me, because he is at my right side. I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad, and my tongue rejoices. Moreover, my flesh will rest in hope, because you will not abandon me in Hades, or allow your Holy One to see decay. You've revealed the paths of life to me. You will fill me with gladness in your presence. So this is a psalm of David, that he is having the hope that death will not overpower him. Peter is making the point here that this is a psalm by David about the Messiah. And we'll see next time that he makes the point of he can't be talking about himself because David did die and he stayed dead. But the Messiah, Jesus, he didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead and he has conquered death. Now in verse 27, he says, because you will not abandon me in Hades. Now the King James says hell. Hades is a better way to, I mean, Hades is the actual Greek word. And the Hebrew word in Psalm 16 is Sheol, which means the realm of the dead. You could just as easily say the grave. So normally when we think of hell, we think of the abode or the the domain of Satan or where 
those the evil are cast into at the final judgment. And no, he's really just talking about the dead, the grave. Sheol is the uh, the Hebrew word, and, and Hades then is the Greek word. Uh, a lot of your translations will just say Hades. Someone will say the grave. Someone will say the abode of the dead. And those are all accurate. But uh, to, to say hell would be inaccurate. So Peter, this is getting into the meat of his speech. It's going to go on for a, a while, but he's proclaiming of the, the facts of Jesus that the time of fulfillment is now. God's at work doing things right now. And Jesus, whom you guys delivered up to be killed, God reversed that and raised him from the dead. The Old Testament speaks about him. And then Peter's going to go through some more explanation and then end up with a call to repentance. So get to the, the so what. This matters greatly because he, he's laying out the, the fact of their guilt. You guys killed him. And then he'll get to the point of repentance. So what are you going to do about it? So this is the gospel that Peter's laying out. So join me next time and we'll continue reading Peter's speech.